books are a uniquely portable magic. Stephen King. Hello, friends, and welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Nason, and our show features not only the hottest authors, but we also like to introduce you to exciting new authors, and we talk to them about themselves and their latest project. Joining me today is Ronald Hera. Ronald writes historical fiction set in first-century Israel. He's a Christian, and he works with missions to promote the faith. His brother's series includes Bethlehem's Brothers, Jerusalem's Brothers, and the last in the series, the book that we'll be talking about today, Brothers Forever. Welcome, Ronald. Thank you. Writing a book is no small task, and writing a trilogy of books is an even bigger task. When did you start writing? About 15 years ago. Uh, and it's taken me 15 years to write three books. So the first book took me 10 years. Was there an event? Did something happen? What prompted you to write the Brothers series? Well, I retired, for one thing. Uh, I had been an engineer for 35 years uh, for General Motors, and uh, I did writing for them sometimes, you know, on technical things, and uh, I really enjoyed writing. Uh, and the other thing is, a lot of when I worked with missions, a lot of people would say, well, you know, uh, you know what was it like, uh, you know, to go over there to like, – was in Africa. Uh, what was it like to go over there to Africa and that kind of thing? And I would explain. But another thing people would ask was, I wonder what it was like uh, in Jesus' day. And they mean like the first century. Uh, and, uh, and, and I did too. Uh, so I began doing a lot of research and found out that there really is a lot of information available about the first century and uh, what happened to the early Christians, where they went, what they did, how they hid, uh, and that sort of thing, and their interaction with the Romans. Uh, And one of the things that really impressed me was it was a terrible, violent time. You know, sometimes we say, oh, isn't it awful around here? Well, no, (laughs) <laughs> Not by comparison to the way it was in the first century. Uh, here you were, a small country occupied by by the mighty Romans. And uh, uh, so then it kind of caught my interest. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to write a book about somebody who lived during that time and the experiences that they had. Now, your first book, Bethlehem's Brothers, starts out with the two brothers as children. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It starts out when uh, when the uh, Roman mercenaries actually came and uh, uh, killed the babies in Bethlehem. And uh, the, these, these two boys were in Bethlehem, and they had a little brother named David. And David got killed, and so did their father uh, by the Romans. And it starts out that way. Uh, the boys get separated, uh, and, and I kind of take it from there. And they they get back together eventually, you know, but uh, uh, the boys have different backgrounds and different lives so that I can show um, the life of one who lived in Jerusalem 
and one of someone who uh, actually was a sailor on the Sea of Galilee. Oh, cool. Now, this is based in fact, obviously, but where did the characters of Enoch and Simeon, am I pronouncing that correctly? Where did they come from? Uh, Well, oddly enough, uh, Enoch was one of the people that I worked with in Africa. Uh, That's how I got that (laughs) name. Uh, And in the Bible, there is also an Enoch in the Bible. And uh, Simeon, uh, Simeon actually, uh, the, the meaning of that that name uh, is uh, the listener. And uh, in the book, there's a point where uh, Simeon is out of reach of, of Jesus. You know, when Jesus is preaching, he's so far away, he can't hear him. And yet at the same time, he does hear him very clearly, you know, which to him is like, what? Uh, and uh, so that's kind of how I got the name Simeon. I thought that was very interesting, and I wondered if there were actually, if you, in your research, you'd uncovered two people and chose to use their names. But these are people that you made up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Which I enjoy. <laughs> and let me talk about that a little bit. Tell okay. me about your writing process. I'm always interested because authors write very differently and this is even though this is based in fact it's also fiction so when you create fiction some authors will outline everything i've interviewed jeff deaver many times and jeff deaver is an attorney and he has the outline when you look at it it's almost the book other authors don't outline at all and they sit down and it's like a movie starts in their head and they simply sit down at a keyboard and they begin to record what they see what's your process like ronald well i'm the movie guy uh, <laughs> uh there of course you know in the first book uh, a lot of what happens are things that are recorded in the bible right uh and uh and what I do there is, like, I fill in the blanks. Um, an example would be, uh, did everybody own a donkey? I know this is kind of a funny question, but no. <laughs> no. Uh, so, so in my first book, the guy rents a donkey, just like we would rent a car. And uh, it's funny because when he turns it in and has to pay, he makes the comment, Wow, this is highway robbery, you know, <laughs> what I have to pay for this donkey. Uh, and, uh, and so I've got a little bit of humor in there. But uh, and, and there's a guy that uh, uh, goes up to uh, a town uh, recorded in the Bible, and on, on his way he meets Jesus. But there's someone along with him. But it never says in the Bible who's along with him. So it's one of my characters is along with him. So, Very cool. Uh, you know, I kind of fill in. I fill in the blanks, uh, you know, that are there, um, and uh, and I have to talk about the Romans because I mean they're they're an integral part of the of these stories uh, because there's things going on with them too. They're being attacked by the zealots. Um, they have to deal with that. They don't they don't like it, obviously, and the and the Roman soldiers who are stationed there do not like being stationed there. So they're inherently angry, you know, those kind of things. And so I have to get the feelings and the emotions and the uh, uh, actions of the Romans involved in what's going on also. 
for balance. So, yeah, yeah. And and you need to understand a little bit about the Romans in order to understand why they did a lot of the things that they did. I mean, what was it like to be assigned to crucify people? Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. How would you like that assignment? How did you get uh, that job? Exactly. That, Yes. How did you get that job? And oh, by the way, the way I wrote it is they rotate it so that you don't do that over and over and over again. They rotated it. So and of if course, you were that, lucky. And you that makes sense. Sick. Yeah. yeah if, you were, exactly. <laughs> if you were lucky, you were sick on the day. <laughs> yeah, you somehow weren't picked, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, they hated that assignment, of course. I think that's a really interesting way to approach this, to try to give some sort of balance. Because, you know, if, if you're not careful, you can always look at the Romans and just think that they were villains. But they were just people, too. And both both sets of, of individuals are in a situation where they're adversarial with one another. And yet, they were just people. Yeah, that's right. And then, of course, I've got zealots, whose main purpose is to kill Romans. Uh, and how, how did they meet? How did they get together and talk about and make, make their plots? Why well, have a meeting in a cave? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, you, you can become creative because you can say to yourself, well, if I was in that situation, what would I do? How would I get together so that no one would know that we were getting together? Well, you'd come in one at a time, spread over an hour into a cave, you know, and... Uh, you know, sit around the candle and make your plans. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you find out that you can take history and and you fill in blanks is what you do, is you kind of fill in blanks. And I like that. The other thing is you have to talk about the emotions because uh, it was a terrible time. Well, and I love the idea of filling in the blanks. And I also, you're absolutely right. It was a highly emotional time. And of course it was. I mean, when we're adversarial with another group of people, emotions are always heavy on both oh, sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the emotions sure. cloud everything. If we could do away with emotion and just try to operate in a logical kind of way, things would maybe be a little calmer. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either Either that or we would be very effective at wiping each other out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You follow the brothers for 80 years. And so the three books actually begin with their childhood. And the last book, of course, is as their old, older men. Yeah. Since we're talking about Brothers Forever, let's give our listeners a little bit of an overview of what happens in the last book of the of the series. Okay, one of the things that I think makes this last book kind of interesting is I, I introduced the Essenes. I don't know if you've ever even heard of the Essenes, mm -mm. Uh, but... Uh, in, in Jewish history, there were the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, mm -hmm. but there was also a group of, of Jews that were called the Essenes, and they withdrew from Jerusalem and the, the main uh, population of Jews, and they, they had their own little camps, uh, and, and they operated uh, these camps, but they were different. I mean, one camp might be all men, another camp is, had families and everything, um, but... Uh, 
they were devout Jews who um, lived outside of Jerusalem in the main area, and they're the ones who wrote the uh, the uh, um, geez, the the scrolls, the Dead Sea Scrolls that were hidden in a cave oh. that was found. Well, one of my one of my characters here, Simeon, happens to be a potter. Well, it's Simeon who made the pots that they put the uh, scrolls in. Oh, great detail. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, you know, how did they do that? Well, you know, then I talk about, you know, well, they had to they had to make mud, uh, you know, so they they used a stream and and kind of dammed it up and you know made mud and and uh, they did have a wheel. The Essenes had uh, acquired a wheel, and so from there, Enoch or I mean Simeon took it and and made the pots for them and. Uh, sealed them all up and everything so that they could hide their scrolls. That's a great detail. Yeah, and and, and it's an interesting thing because yes. a lot of people don't know anything about the Essenes. Wow. Well, I know that we have piqued the interest of our listeners, and I'm sure that they're wondering where they can find the trilogy. And I always check Amazon. I always go to Amazon to make sure that everything works and to make sure that everything is there. And the books are there. And I particularly looked at Brothers Forever. And let me spell your last name so that they can go to Amazon. And there's a book search feature at the very top of the first page of the home page. And if you just put in Brothers Forever by Ronald, R-O-N-A-L-D, Hera, H-E-R-A, and click on it, the book comes right up. And you'll also see a representation of the book cover, which is interesting, by the way, with the fire in the background. Yeah, that's Jerusalem burning. I thought so. <laughs> there's there's a little tab up in that right-hand corner that says uh, click here, and that opens the book up. And there's a really good excerpt that our listeners can read, and they can also purchase the book right there. But I know that it's also available some other places. Where else is it available, Ronald? Well, because it's published by Author House, uh, you can just put Author House dot com and go there uh it's also available as an ebook on amazon uh which you may not have checked out and uh so you know if if you want to save a little money you can go to an ebook good uh, and read it that way and i know many people do that and i think that's a wonderful idea i always encourage people to read any way they can read i think that's so important now, are you doing any of the social media stuff? Do you have a website for the book? Well, uh, my website will be herabooks.com, uh, but it's it's under construction right now and uh, uh, will probably be up in a couple weeks. Um, and and I'm hoping uh, if, if they get done in time, it'll actually have a little video. Uh, one of the things that I've done is I've taken my uh, trilogy to, to – uh, movie makers uh and uh hopefully they'll maybe make a movie or a tv series out of it fingers crossed yeah well now, it's uh, the the odds are extremely small <laughs> but uh but it's a possibility it's a possibility if you don't put it out there the odds are zero 
Yeah, right. And I admire you for doing that. I think that's a very good thing to do. You're also on Facebook, I believe. Yes. How would they find you on Facebook? Ronald Hara? Yeah. When the the listeners purchase a copy of the book, whether it's an e-book or a hardback book or a book they hold in their hands, and they close that book for the very last time, what would you like for them to take away, Ronald? Well, one thing I'd like them to say is, wow, that was a difficult time, uh, because it was. And uh, so it helps put maybe some of the difficulties we have in our own country a little bit in perspective um, and to understand a little bit about when it gets out of control how awful it is. Uh, the other thing is that um, people are people. It doesn't matter when or where they are. Uh, they love their wives. They love their children. Um, they have this innate ability to kind of survive, you know, when things are bad. Uh, but they also have an emptiness inside that needs to be filled. And uh, as a Christian, you know, uh, Jesus Christ brought that to me. Well, you have been an absolutely delightful interview. I love your approach to history, and I love what you've done with these books. Thank you so very much for being our guest today. Well, thank you. Our time is up, and we'd like to thank you for yours. We hope that you'll join us next time on Inside the Writer's Cafe. But until then, remember, pick up a good book and read. Read.